you can say whatever the hell you want. Can you hear me? Ooh. Oh, okay. Not everything has to be dirty, Michael. That's what you think. Ah, unbelievable. Thank God. That sounds fantastic. Hello, welcome. Thanks for joining us on to the library. This is our homebrew Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast. This is part two of a two-part episode. Uh, we are recording both in one night because we are not going to be able to record a show the week that you hear this. It's going to be delayed for a week. Uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do so in two ways. You can go to, to Drive Through RPG and check out The Snake's Oil. That is our module set in our Season 1 universe with characters, NPCs, uh, and player characters from that season. You can also support us on patreon.com slash under the library. My name is Arthur. I am playing Franny. I am joined by Wayne as Rutherford, Rick as Bello, Scott as Cully, Chris as Boone, Emily as Joe, and as always, I am joined by our incredible keeper and the person who wrote this module that we are playing now, or this universe that we're playing in now. That's Michael. Michael, the show is all yours. I'm not sure I even want to take responsibility for having written what we're in right now, but uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, Call of, uh, Under the Library is a tabletop RPG set in the Call of Cthulhu universe. We feature mature themes played by immature people, most of which are right around me at this moment. Um, for tonight's disclaimer, I thought we'd do a little Mad Lib. Yes, yes, yes. So y'all can uh, join in here. I need a body part. Oh, ear. no, blank faces. Oh. Okay, an ear. Wonderful. Thank you, Joe. Uh, an adjective. A fapping. That's a descriptive word for you. <laughs> What's that? Harry. Harry. Oh, I mixed up verb and adjective. I'm going to mute myself again. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great. The adjective is fappy. <laughs> moldy. Moldy. <laughs> and I need a famous person's name. Sean. Um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. A famous person. Teddy Sean, Roosevelt. Sean oh, boy. Oh, all right. That's better. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. All right. So our disclaimer for tonight is if you're not offended by my ear was trembling with Harry when I discovered the desecrated corpse of Teddy Roosevelt, you're in the right place. Doesn't probably quite go to the level that we need, but, you know, it gets in the right place. Area. Hor horrible time. things happen. Now. Horrible things happen. If you're okay with horrible things, keep listening. That was far more G-rated than I. Expected I'm just impressed that the body part was just, air and I not had penis. to jump in because obviously. How? Yes. Yeah. Every every it, it, yes. every Mad Libs yeah. game ever, the body part is penis. Well, I just <laughs> I wanted us to be different. Yeah. From every okay, other so week. Well, well, thank y'all for saving the disclaimer, and now you get an idea of what our show's about. So with that, I'll turn it over to Emily, who can give last week's recap. Thank you, Penis. penis. I mean, I mean Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you got to roll sanity. All right. Oh, I thought we were rolling sanity for Dick. 
<laughs> Are we doing dick jokes again? <laughs> no, no, no. Emily, go. Last week's recap. Go, go, go. Yes, yes sir. Okay. Uh, Cully takes Rutherford to the dark room in the basement. And on his way down, Rutherford wait, wait, wait. sees two. Did you say dark room or dark, dark room? room? Those are two very different things. There was a little pause between dark and dark room. Dark room. And that makes it sound very different. Dark room. Dark room. Dark room. Dark room. Dark room. Dark room. Place where photographs are developed. Dark room. Cully takes Rutherford to the basement in the hopes he can develop the photograph. I got it. And on the way down to the basement where he's going to <laughs> develop the photograph. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. In all seriousness, Rutherford sees a picture of young Richard excitedly arriving at university and it takes him back. He feels emotional and Cully sees him looking at the picture and shares that Richard put that picture up to inspire him. That he, someday he could go to university too and they have a moment together and Rutherford feels for Cully and then he sees another picture of Richard and Cully together in town and he actually says to Cully that he wants to help him get to college. It was a, it was a nice moment between the two of them. Cully doubts he can afford it, but Rutherford offers to help with that as well to make him connections. And uh, Rutherford, excuse me, Cully's face shows signs of hope. So uh, Cully waits outside while Rutherford goes into the dark room and looks at the camera. The film inside is larger than expected, and he can tell it was hand cut, not commercial. He's torn because he was really close to Richard, and this would have been right in his wheelhouse. So it's very strange that Richard never mentioned it. He never mentioned the camera, the other house, the things hidden on the paintings. Rutherford's starting to feel kind of conflicted about their relationship. Now upstairs, Franny has entered with her clue, her chunk of brain tissue with filaments, and she wants to examine it. She knows there's a small lab she could use off hours at the facility, but currently it's in use by a rather difficult colleague, and she's not sure she could use it if this colleague is around, but she and Bello decide to drive by, see if she can get into her main lab, to this auxiliary lab. If not, perhaps visit Dr. Gardiner, the vet, and Bello could ask for some medical care, more medical care as a distraction while Franny uses her lab. Franny is not entirely thrilled to take this trip with Bello. Un understatement. Just... <laughs> Summarizing, that's, that's my job. So during this discussion, Joe is still upstairs and uh, she realizes she still doesn't know how Bello got his injuries. He showed up back at the chicken mobile with, with his ear gone, with his arm broken, with all of these abrasions. And uh, so she asks. And then when she gets the feeling that he's evading, she asks some more and continues to dig politely. Now, Franny really hones in on the part of Bello's story where he mentions the building exploding, where the fire then turns into this great conflagration. And she digs for more information, realizes that maybe an oxygen tank exploded, maybe in the surgical center. Joe continues to grill the chicken man 
and Franny picks up on her suspicions and omissions, on his omissions, and supports Joe. Bello, we, well, we know Bello is lying because we were there as players and saw him punch Paula Bradford in the throat, but he said she was trampled and died. He stresses the severity of the fire, tries to shift the attention, asks Joe what happened. She avoids the question. As we we left this conversation with Bello saying that that was practically everything. And then we realize that Rutherford is able to see a face in the film. And that is where we closed this evening's previous session. Oh, right, this. That's you. All right. Sorry, trying, so trying to re reconfigure things with with Wayne dropping off uh, for some reason. Is Wayne coming back? It seems like he got yeah. uh, like he might have lost internet connection. Home. Yeah, mine's mine's given me fun times over here as well. Yep. Okay. okay. So as we move forward, then from that, who wants to? I feel bad that we haven't heard much from you yet, Boone. Um, are you okay? Oh, no. Dave? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't want to show okay. up until we can we, these, these fellows, okay, these we people can... have to sleep at some point. I'll show up once they. Well, I have an important Creepy. question, though. Does anything okay. happen to Boone before he sleeps on the porch? Oh, that's totally up to Michael. If he. Yeah, well, I know. I, I know. Technically, at this moment, We've we've played him and Duke. I'll never forget Duke's name. Uh, we've played him and Duke in the barn working on the car. So uh, th that's kind of where they're at. He's not even on the. Okay. No, no, the no, 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 okay. no, no. You missed it. You're misremembering. I took off in the car because I knew that yep. the backfires were going to tip off. I opened up the uh, garage door and tore out. And oh, he, yeah. he was like, where are you, you know, well, well, he came, he came out. And I, as I was going down the road, I turned around and shouted uh, that I loved him. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I just all that. I'm just saying in, in, in the game, timeline. In, in the timeline. Yeah, in game, game time. Oh, I'm sorry. You're trying it's to figure okay. out. Yeah. Yeah. But because uh, that, uh, that happened around 1, 2 a.m. And we're probably still in the 10 p.m. realm back at the house. So that's all I meant by the, the yeah. Yes, the yeah. So I won't be pulling in until the wee hours. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, we don't so, want to go back to Rutherford yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't want to distract from the, the tension of the grilling either. Should, I mean, I'm fine to get grill some to more that? chicken. I just don't mm -hmm. want to monopolize. No, I think the grilling needs to be complete. Call no one Call wants to. Are you okay if we grill some chicken until? Under, uh, under yeah, there until, we go. There's Rutherford. Looks yeah. like we're getting Rutherford back. So why don't you guys close that off, and then Rutherford and I can finish our shtick. Well, do you? Since Rutherford's back, do you want to have a shtick first, just so there's a break? Sure. Because. Sure. Uh, we don't know how long it will take to wrap up the grilling. Yeah, yeah. and we, we might need just to get really a dry, tough to get chicken. things kind of recalibrated here. So, yep, I got it. I'm good. Okay, all right, then let's start. Okay, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those who are not watching video, Wayne just <laughs> vanished off camera. <laughs> he was back for about thirty seconds and then took off. <laughs>
<laughs> That's great. Pretty I, typical. I thought he turned into the plaster mask on the back wall. So yeah. I'm glad to know that he just like moved off camera. All right. All right. Well, then let's find Bello it is. Bello. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> painted into a corner. Oh, my goodness. And All right. We'll take Bello painted into a quarter corner for a thousand. Okay. And yeah. All right. We'll let Wayne get situated while we continue okay. the chicken grilling. So I, I think we left off. What did you say, Bello, as we left off? And that's practically I think, everything. I think that said that's pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. <laughs> All right, and by, I'll leave and by that to pretty Joe much, and Franny. And by pretty yeah. much, what 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 uh, what bits are not uh, included in in that uh, that story? Oh, did I? What did I? That's uh, uh that's uh, like I said, that's that's, that's pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, you know, most of it. Uh, I, I, Fellow, I, go go ahead, Joe. We're working together here. I think. I mean, I know this is a strange group, and I haven't uh, had the pleasure of working with too many groups of people that I could really trust yep. in my life. Uh-huh. And I want to know I can trust you yep. if you're going to be doing this with us, if nothing else, for Cully's sake, because I want him to be okay. Yeah, so do I, so do I. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. There's been a lot of uh, uh, unexpected and traumatizing events. So I suppose, you know, in full disclosure, now that we have at least one body upstairs, uh, you know, uh, uh, so uh, after I proceeded to discuss with this gentleman inside the building, I then uh, snuck around and uh, uh, looked at the, the, the director's desks, got all those documents up, up, up provided. Yeah, and, you did um, mention that. And yep. those may be very useful to us. I mean, yep. knowing schedules when we can get in and out. And I appreciate that. Yep. It's just that uh, you mentioned I, this woman. And then I found a gun. I found a gun uh, and I, I took it. Uh, I took it. I took the gun. I took the gun. Okay. Yep. okay. Well, well, you're not going to use that gun on us. No, more for more for protection purposes. It seems like we're getting ourselves mixed up with some trouble. I mean, a gun could be useful. I can think of some times that I wish I had one. I don't have a problem well. with that. I'm just worried yeah, that you're not yeah. telling us the truth. Well, uh, well, you see, you see, there was a yeah. So there was by Paul Bradford, and I see her still looking at me now. And um, did you say that to me? No. Uh, did I? Did I? <laughs> it was in your accent. Well, just want to know. No, no, let's say I actually did. I said that out loud. And I said, I can pretty much see her looking at me now. Um, uh, 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 right, right here? Wait, right now? Wh why? Wh where, whereabouts is she? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's just, you know, when you see someone pass away in that traumatic fashion, they it sort of haunts you. Mm -hmm. But you didn't really know her. You just met her in the parking lot? Because you yeah. didn't have your meeting with her. Well, we we know well, we, what's going on. Uh, well, we st we started to have a conversation uh, in in the okay. meeting. Well, no, uh, it, he said he didn't go to the meeting. Yeah, he said he didn't go to the meeting with Paula, and he's just talking to her in the parking lot, and now he's seeing her. And I'm just asking you, Bella, to tell me why this doesn't make sense. I don't know why she screamed. She screamed. What? No, what, uh, what, what? Why did she scream? Well, the fire was going on, and I came out, and I tried to deduce what was going on, and I did not know what Paul Bradford looked like. And next thing I know, I, 
I'm conversing with this uh, this this uh, lovely person, and uh, you know, I, I I was trying to figure out what was going on, but I uh, didn't want to tip my hand at uh, who I was, not knowing who she was, and uh, you know, I came up with sort of a an improvised name and a bit of a distraction and uh i mean that makes sense you were supposed to be our distraction right right and then and then and then well then she asked some questions and i may have fibbed a bit just to sort of keep up the ruse uh and it turns out she she is paula bradford and i did not realize that and then and then she realized something was askew and uh with the fire conflagrating and propagating and uh uh I, you know everyone doing a spit taking uh i i uh, uh she started to get alarmed and, and yell for help and uh i uh well that uh I, things sort of blacked out for me after that yes i it was a bit of a and it ended that that uh, so when uh, did her co-workers trample her and you well uh, so the scre- the screaming the screaming is uh, very emotional it, uh, it uh, it's uh, it's not something i respond well to uh it's uh, it brings me back to some very very uh very bad times and uh and so uh she she may have uh, may have i may have i'm uh she may she may have been punched the 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 crowd the crowd punched her while she was on the ground fellow who punched her uh, I may, I may have, I may have out of, out of a, out of a fit of uh, a fit. You see, uh, the, uh, the, the, the screaming, uh, it, the loud noises that tends to uh, uh, brings back some, some, some whole uh, bad, bad memories, bad memories, and uh, there's almost a reaction, a reflex of the body. So I would just advise anyone not to be yelling or just, uh, 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 yeah. What, Can what? I out of game just ask one thing as a reminder? Does Bello know? joe's story i feel like you weren't around i was not i would mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. What, okay what what kind of memories bella uh my uh, uh you know familial memories of my 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 my, my family my family and the like uh it, we just had a lot of trouble time growing up it, it, there was screaming in your house yeah well you could say my father he he, uh, he enjoyed a uh, good soak in whiskey Hmm. And uh, and uh, tended to get tended to get uh, uh, you know uh, we we got our we, we own source of income we were poor chicken farmers and uh, you know for five, I I tended to care for those chickens and uh, well you know tried hiding them every once in a while and uh, anyway he did not get uh, too pleased with that and uh, it was just it was a very hard home and uh, you know he would start yelling and screaming and well you know just accidents happen and. Uh, one day, you know what? Just uh, he, uh, we, uh, we had to stop all that, all that, all that, all that meanness. And, and I how- know that accidents happen. I've experienced horrible accidents. And, and what myself. what kind of accident happened with your father? Well, uh, the 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 accidents were he uh, slipped and uh, fell onto a baseball bat uh, that I may or may not have been holding uh, in self defense. And uh, uh, when I woke, he he was he was on the ground and he was he was dead. And uh, yeah, it just sort of sent our family into a bit of a tizzy and uh, just a lot of a uh, lot of lot of lot of, of reflection. And uh, then, then we, 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 you know, had uh, 
time to just ourselves and actually be able to sort of uh, grow and prosper. And, uh, uh, you know, it may or may not have been around that time that uh, deals were made and uh, things tended to then happen and spiral out of control. And next thing I know, I'm in charge of a chicken magnet empire. And uh, is that similar to what, what happened in the parking lot? Yes, yeah, screaming tends to evoke all those bad memories. And, uh, well, uh, it tends to re- result in, uh, I tend to black out and uh, uh, almost envision myself back in those horrible times of youth. And, and well, next, next time when I wake up, just, uh, well, sometimes sometimes somebody else is at the butt end of a, of a bad, uh, bad childhood. Bill, I just, I just want father. Uh, in so, in so many words. You know that. I mean, I killed mine. It's a weirdly bonding moment just out of character, <laughs> but this is no, this is this is this is you it's how an, how why I and I'll just go over it I'll was try, an I'll accident. Try, try it giving, was an accident, but it was my fault. What happened? We can retcon the story or whatever. I mean the Some story guys. that I told everyone else before. Mm-hmm. But do you go into other details about that as well in terms of the like the book and the the spirit or the um, like the evil? Um, I tell uh, no more details, fewer details, just because I know that Franny's there and she's already heard it. But essentially, uh, the book, the ritual, the creature. Oh, wow. The death. Um, And I and I and I I, uh, and you still have a family and you feel like maybe you protected your family I, I i i i did as the oldest brother i had to protect uh, my youngest and then my mother and uh well just our livelihood and our well-being and you, you hit a point sometimes but you, you sometimes the devil comes out and uh you met you mentioned a creature and some sort of ritual um I have to be yeah, honest. I'm just going to say at the moment that you say the devil comes out, Joe probably tears up a little bit because that's pretty damn close to home. Yeah. And I'll say, and I'll say, I, and I'll notice that. And I'll try and get Joe, I'll offer you a hug at that point. And uh, I'll say myself, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I may have seen or interacted with something similar uh, around that time as well. To the, to the creature, you mean the creature that killed my parents, the creature from, from the circle? There was some sort of entity that uh, contacted me around that time and asked, uh, my father was always demanding about us being successful and doing well for the family. And I, I wished I could do everything I could to help. And uh, uh, well, I thought it was a dream, but I signed a contract, some sort of paper and uh, everything that transpired happened shortly thereafter. And next thing I knew, we were free to grow and uh, have been successful sort of ever since. Uh, but it's uh, sort of always haunted me. And there's been um, 
something in the back of my mind that said maybe that I always thought that was a dream or nightmare or a premonition, but uh, maybe it was real. And uh, this uh, scares me a little bit that you you had some sort of similar or parallel or perpendicular experience. It just uh, just don't make no sense. It was just like oh. Joe, this is far more triggering for you than you expected. Uh, I had sure. Joe make a intelligence role on the side. I thought that it might be cathartic for her to hear Bello having this parallel experience. Uh, instead, you get to make a sand roll. So, yeah. Sorry. She she rolled a ninety five for her intelligence roll. So I failed the sand. All right. So take five points of sand damage oh, no. as you relive your uh, experience of your family uh -huh. uh, perishing. Yeah, and ironically, that's exactly the comment that I started to make when you when you had me roll was going to be describing the creature as like some just whirlwind, black whirlwind of death is essentially what I was going to say. So, so I was I was reliving it. Yeah. So, so instead of instead of pushing you further towards understanding and absorbing, it's it's push. Michael, you muted yourself. Yeah. No, you just. I think you just broke up for a second. That yeah, we no, just missed I, the last I, little bit of what you said. But the yeah, my my internet's. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it just moved you in the opposite direction. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, just as a note, I did not. I didn't hug you back, not because I, not aggressively, but just because I was feeling more frozen and unable to take comfort because of my guilt. And then I am just turning inward and imagining again, reliving the emergence of the creature. And it didn't speak a word. It just, it just, rampaged through my home and then everyone was dead yeah, and I, I think we we need to uh, while the parallels are striking uh, I, I think we need to highlight some of the differences uh, Joe is that uh, it, it seems like you were were more of a of an observer in what happened to you and uh, it seems like Bello uh, you had more of a of an active role in just in so much as uh, striking some sort of a of a specific deal with the entity, uh, but I, I think it is remarkable that both of you had contacts with some sort of 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 being uh, that that added so much trauma to your lives. Um, it, but the paths afterwards seem quite different to me, uh, which which I think is striking as well. Um, but I can't hey, help but I think that I drew the lines and I said the words and yes, I but, brought it into my home. But I, but I don't think, did you know what you were doing at the time? I was just, was, was it something that you wanted doing, to happen? Well, I was just curious. You know, I think right. with those five points of sanity okay. damage, you're going to be pretty broken up. Nothing you're going to, Oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I think that, that childish curiosity uh, is quite different, and, and I'm sure that that guilt is. I can't. I, I can't even imagine. Was not a child. I brought this creature. It killed. I survived. 
I shouldn't I have survived. I should be dead. I understand. Like them. But right you, you did not kill them. And I, I, for one, am glad that you did survive because I think you've got a lot to add to this oh. world and you've certainly got a lot to add right now to our little ragtag no. group. This, no, I can't, I can't do this. It's okay, Joe. It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes there's, there's, we can't explain these things and I, I can't explain what happened after myself. And you may, you, 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 you may not have been in complete control. I don't, of, uh, can't, your... I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. I, I think that's probably a good idea to have a little bit a, of space right now. Uh, yeah, well, you can I, talk I, to me, but I won't. I won't respond anymore. Okay, um, Bello, I, I do think that we need to to iron out some of the details of of what happened here uh, earlier today. And, and while I understand that that there was a, a trigger that happened, in that in that you were somehow not in control of of your actions. It does feel like there's still some details missing, and and I want to understand how that places us as a group, and what that means right now to us yep. attempting to go back to the lab, um, uh, right near where this this took place. Well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a smart point there, Franny. I suppose I don't want to get anyone else in trouble for even a, a accident of sorts, but effectively uh, there was a that occurred, and I think she got. Knocked unconscious, and right around that time, there was this explosion that happened and stampede. And well, I think uh, while she may have been alive when uh, she went to the ground, I think the stampede may have uh, caused some fatal wounds. And it's uh, possible someone may recognize me uh, from that uh, moment and period of time. So I, uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. And I, I don't know why I feel like it's very important to say that we are, while we are sort of brushing past the fact that you killed a woman and are blaming it on past trauma, that that is not okay. <laughs> but no. as characters, we are, <laughs> sure. we are no. brushing past that. I don't I'm, want it to, I'm, it feels a little icky to me <laughs> uh, playing that character. Uh, so I, I just want to, oh, yeah. I, I want to point well, out that there is a know. very big it, difference between the yeah. characters we're playing sure. and, and we have us to, condoning. But, but Franny, you're also walking, uh, shit, being totally in the same bad. room with this individual who you're now know is capable of these actions yep. beyond. And, and so you're walking a line of like, yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think you're necessarily passing off or condoning anything, but you're also looking out for like your own personal safety mm-hmm. Uh, what that character is now capable of. I, I think there's a lot more kind of dynamic going on. And you have a kind of absolutely. And, frozen, um, and I think we can also... catatonic 16-year-old girl in the corner who maybe right. you're also looking out for her. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> right, so, you know, I, I think you're finding the right line of like, hey, where you push and where you like kind of hold on this moment. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think the tone is, I think the tone makes sense in there. Okay. Um, and, and in fact, I think we'll take this, um, uh, unless there's something perfect. you want to no. drop in here, I think we can cut over to uh, Rutherford and Cully and yeah, their We've, we've been taking up a lot of space in this. This is good. This is fine. I, it, it, it's pretty compelling for me. So, um, Yeah, it was great. All right. Um, so Rutherford, we last left off. You're leaving the dark room, not the dark room, but the dark room, and you have this negative up to the light. 
and um and i think you would probably have some sort of exclamation for a cully as or cully you might have some questions i don't know but y'all take it from yeah here. so he, he said he came out and he it was sort of in his hands and it was dripping and i'm gonna say wait are you done in the dark room <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there thank you are you all done did all you right. get did you get a picture and, uh, where's no. the photograph where i don't even see a photograph so rutherford's going to stutter through it and the internet's stuttering too so it might yeah. add to the stuttering so the uh uh rutherford that is explains to kakali says I, I there's a there's a face there's a distinct face in this negative we have we have uh we have something to go with. I, I just have to enlarge it, and we have a face. Do I recognize the face in the negative at all? Is it there anything in it that's um, familiar? There's a projector. Can we? Can you put it in a projector? I don't know how these things work. Uh, so, with in terms of the negative, right? Um, as many photos as I've seen in my lifetime through negatives, you, it's hard to recognize. A, you'll have to either projection. Right. I'll take projection for a thousand. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I. I think Richard has like, like, you know, like one of those old, I don't know what they're called, like the reel to reel projector things. Sure. Yeah, a film projector. A magic, yeah. a magic lantern. I'm sure he has <laughs> a magic lantern around. Uh, it was still going to project a negative. So, yeah. So, I'll, a Betamax. Wouldn't it still be negative? It, yeah, it, was, it would still be negative. Considering Rutherford's the mechanical ability and uh, such like that, he would have no problem figuring out a quick system to show. The, uh, the negative on the wall with the projection aspect. And so, yes, he says, dim, dim the lights, Cully. Uh, we'll show this image on the wall and see if anything comes to fruition from it. I okay. have a sense. And so Rutherford has this weird feeling inside that this is, this is really, you know, when you just know there's something there, you got it, and it's something's going to happen when they see it. Uh, so that's, that's his sense. Okay. Um, so I, and then, I, you know, I show you where the projector is. Turn well, down actually, the your, your mechanical sense would tell you, Rutherford, that you would really need to uh, probably turn it into a piece of paper. Okay. In that case, uh, uh, Kelly, I said, then, then projecting this at this moment is, is not going to be to our benefit. Uh, it says, I'm going right back into the dark room. And I'm going to uh, turn this into a, a photograph that won't take very long. And he turns on his heel because this is something to do. And he heads right back in to the dark room. Okay. And as he's doing that, I'm going to, I'll just yell out. I'm going to go upstairs and get everyone so that they can come down and see the picture. It sounds like it's important. And he says, just make, make sure no one comes into the, the room. And no, 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 I won't let anyone come in. I'll be yelling the whole way. So okay. I, as soon as he goes in, I'm going to start yelling okay. up the stairs. Guys, we've have, we, we, we have a, a, a picture and we can't show it on the wall, but we're going to be printing a photo of it and nobody opened the dark room. And I'm just sort of repeating this as I'm going up the stairs. Okay. I mean, so, I think at this point, we would uh, run down. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't take long to get this image on paper, and um, pretty quickly Rutherford, uh, it, you know, it probably took longer to make mix up the chemicals actually than it did to develop the uh, develop the image, and 
Um, you don't tune it in finally, but you have enough to get this image. And again, you come racing out into Cully's room. And I've got and, so depending on uh, how long it was, I've grabbed everyone. I went up, Joe, come on, we got to go. And I, as soon as I see everyone and I've yelled my message, sort of, we've got a photo. Don't go in the dark room until he comes out. I go sprinting right back downstairs. I don't even wait to see if they're following. Okay. I'll say, Joe, Joe, can you, are you able to come with us? And I'll like reach my hand I'm down. I'm still to... non-responsive. Okay. So my eyes are open, but I'm just staring at my memories. Okay. So Rutherford is looking at this image and he doesn't have the dark room door open and he looks at it and does, does he feel that it's something that he needs to reveal to the group that it will startle them? Is he startled himself? Does there any recognition? No, it, it's it's quite simply a face with uh, a background, and th there's nothing kind of that huh. you can see about it that's necessarily triggering or violent or out of the ordinary. Even it's it's just a face. Okay, right, so now I'm outside the door, and I don't if the I'm assuming the door's still closed, and I'm gonna yell, Rutherford, I'm here. Tell bring out the picture. People are gonna be coming down. And he says, he says, one moment, I'm just making sure it's uh, completely okay for it to come out into the light. And then uh, Rutherford looks at it in his very, very studious manner, leans over it and looks at the picture as close as possible, but he's not looking at the image. He's looking at everything in the background and everything to do around the image, not the image itself. Anything, any detail with the clothes, a background, things like that, all the all the intrinsic quirky things behind the scene, not he's, bl he's blanking out he's bl in his mind. He's blanking out the face and looking at all the other oddities, shadows, anything that could put together some sort of quirky pattern or information. Hmm. Hey, make sure you fix it or it'll turn pink. And put some <laughs> uh, do a, do a, do a spot hidden on there. <laughs> kind of serve as your all right he's got a pretty good as well in terms oh my god let's see what that is so this is with one eye in a dark room is that is that my... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh thank you are. thank you mr one arm in a <laughs> so considering his one conflict. eye um he, his his 90 would make uh that not happen <laughs> perfect thank goodness because by my original kind of idea for this is that uh, the background is is pretty plain except to tell you that it's uh it, it's within uh it it appears to be within inside a car right that behind him is mm. some sort of frame of a window ah okay so it's coming together that it was that night pushed into a car and this was one of the people from the car Gotcha. Action shot. Okay. Uh, so so uh, Rutherford comes out of the room and he says, Cully, it's that night. It's the night he was pushed into the car. It, this, well, at least this is, this is the sense that Rutherford gets. And he says, I, I sure, believe... Sure, with your 90, you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I believe it's the night he was pushed into the car. And I, he definitely was not at any bar. I, it has to be it. It's, he's in a car. I think it was that night, but this is the face. And I show it to Kelly. Does this face uh, make anything? Uh, is this familiar to you at, at, at all? So I get to look closely. Do I recognize the face? So, so you don't, Kelly. The, the face is badly scarred uh, right through the forehead, across the nose, and down through the cheek. Uh, that's the most notable feature about the man. Wow. Um, 
it, oh, it's it obviously terrible. taken at a strange yeah and it's obviously taken at a strange angle right it's not a head-on portrait where uh, he would be noticing the camera. It's more like the camera was held at some sort of awkward angle uh, from down below that probably uh, Richard was trying to sneak this photograph. And uh, the man is heavily bearded, um, but also balding on top and um, has this tremendous scar, which would probably be the most kind of standout artifact that you would notice. Okay. Uh, and then I say, Cully, um, you have better, better eyes than mine. Um, in the dark room, look for any drawers or anything in the walls where uh, Richard may have stored any other photographs like he did in the uh, baseboard with the maps and behind the paintings. I have a, a curious feeling that that may be the case. He's hidden some things away that were too sensitive to be. Is it safe uh, to turn the lights on in there again? Yes. I don't want to mess up the dark room. Yeah, don't let the dark out. <laughs> it's perfectly safe. And I said, Cully, you, you, you're the one who found the other item. Please take take a look for in there. And, All right, uh, so I'm going to go in and turn the lights on. Hot and just start looking for you know other film i'm gonna look for for places where it might be hidden look under sort of the table to see if there were any hidden spaces under there or hidden look negatives in the, yeah. in the drawers yep i'm looking for anywhere that he could have stashed and because i've seen how small this image is or the negative or whatever is i'm looking like really closely for things that are that small okay so what I love about this moment, and Cully, this is no fault of yours, is that as Cully's kind of going through the darkroom, uh, many things in the darkroom would be light sensitive, like the undeveloped paper and those kinds of things. And so you're just pulling them out into light and they're every everything's blank okay and this is rutherford's fault he probably should have given you some sort of uh explanation of what not to look for and um it, you're pulling these things out and so there's kind of photographic paper that's that's uh scattered out everywhere and there's nothing else to find in the room uh it's it's completely empty except for chemicals undeveloped paper and uh, dry powders, which would be the chemistry for making other chemicals. It's almost like I've been in a dark room before. Yep. <laughs> you forgot about the tanks, though. There'd be tanks yeah. and racks for uh, for sheet yeah, film yeah, yeah. and rolls for roll film. I saw come out and say, Rutherford, I couldn't. There was nothing there. He didn't hide anything else in there. You know, and maybe if he hid, if he hid more film, I don't know if he'd hide it right where he was going to develop it. He'd hide it somewhere else, right? So, Cully, think think deeply right now. There's This camera took more... Actually, I look at the camera and I look for use on it. Like, you know, if it's brand new and used only once, or I get a sense it's been used multiple times by looking at how it worked and such like that and the wear and tear. So, yeah, as you look over it, it's certainly not... a a new device by any stretch, but it's a very well-maintained device. And so uh, there, there's a little bit of lint from inside the jacket lining and those kinds of things, but it's also really well oiled. And so the, the mm -hmm. lint is, is kind of stuck to the oil on the mechanisms. Um, but it's not, 
you know, it, you, you're looking at it in places and you can see where it's maybe has a dent from uh, where he bumped into something or, you know, took a took a small bump. But it's certainly not a new device. And so I said to Kelly, I said, looking at this c camera, uh, it's almost impossible that it hasn't taken more than just this one image. There are definitely images somewhere hidden, uh, most likely in this house, or it could be at the other location per capita. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, maybe, maybe that's what he used the other location for. Maybe when he went there every week, maybe he was bringing photos there. He was trying to hide that location, and I have a sense that's where the treasure trove of other uh, images will be. Yeah, and this we know how hidden Rutherford is. You're talking about this, and I I want to go back. Oh yeah, and but as you as you are talking this out with Kali, I given how well you rolled last time, I want to. You think back to where this was located in the jacket, and you remember this very oddly placed button that was on the front of the jacket. And it, it kind of snaps to you that possibly that button was acting as some sort of lens or a way for him to photograph without ever removing the camera from his jacket. Uh that's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say because there was the camera has a lens, but I was going to say looking over it, there would have been then some sort of other connection to it. Okay. And then I would say, Kelly, there's another connection into this camera for, for retaining an image. And this is where Rutherford would get really spacey and start looking off and up with his one eye and going, Kelly, quickly. You can't do it, but get one of the other people to go get the shirt that uh, Richard was wearing. Be very, very careful with it. Those and buttons. Brother shirt or jacket? The jacket. Jacket. The jacket that he was wearing. The buttons are a part of this camera. We 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 need to get those buttons. I, I can't go up there and do that. Rutherford, as you're as you're staring off, I need you to make a pal roll as well. Got it. All right. Yeah. How time. And while he's making the pal roll, Joe, I, I forgot a really important part as you're talking to Bello that kind of set you off is that, that you were you were rubbing your thumb again and and trying to rub that thumb to access the pain to help you stay focused. And uh, at some, some point, point you're, you're, you're rubbing, rubbing your, your thumb, thumb so hard and the pain doesn't come, but you actually break through the first layer of skin there. And uh, right before you kind of have that moment where you had to make the roll in terms of staying with it. So um, you, the bottom of your thumb uh, where it was bruised and painful is now it's more than blistered. Like the skin's actually broken. Rutherford, how'd you do on your roll? Rutherford has a fantastic pal because of his uh, way he thinks. Oh but, yeah, but I made it by two points. <laughs> so I just okay. got it. Well, you, 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 yes, technically, but not got it enough. So uh, as you're as you're kind of staring off there, 
and talking to Cully and, and you do say enough for Cully to go get the jacket, but Cully, you don't hear Cully say, I, I can't go get that jacket because oh. as you're uh-huh. staring off, you, you, you have a vision of being in the street, but you, it's a different angle than the one where you saw Richard getting thrown in the car. Mm-hmm. And you have this very clear vision of the guy with the scarred face from Richard's perspective um, grabbing him, throwing him in the car, and then looking behind over his shoulder and slamming the door. And it's this very odd experience because you're you're no longer sure if this is something you're seeing mm-hmm. or had seen. Got you. And then uh, Rutherford would take, because of all the things that have just happened this evening and these other things he's seen while in the bathroom, while around the corpse and such like that, this sense of being pulled into it, there's almost a sense that there's a, an explanation to it. So Rutherford would be thinking, and even talking out loud at this point, because it, his he lost a lot of sanity even the last time, so he's a little off. And he says to himself, he says, this this for photograph, it's, a, it's material, it's a connection to Richard and his thoughts. And he gets a sense when he's holding it in his hands that this vision happened it was the photograph that did it and you you may say that externally but internally you're also starting to question your own intuition and i i want to take because we only have a few minutes left so i want to i want to cut from this scene and boon we want to move to you and you're in the car driving up the roads and let's see what would be the first major city you would arrive at Oh, Santa Fe. Okay, it's Santa Fe. It's around 2.33 in the morning. It's very early in the morning. And you pass by a liquor store and your your compulsion to... You pull over. And the liquor store is obviously closed. And you get out and you walk to the front and it's a big plate glass door and you're staring inside at the rows of bottles and bottles. Yep, and I resist. What do I roll? Pal. Let's see if you have the... uh, Roll your pal. Let's see if you have the mental fortitude to resist. Let me see uh, what my pal is. Oh my God, it'd be nice if I had my character sheet open. (laughs) I kind of figured I wouldn't be doing anything. I do that all the time. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm breaking up on my end, so I, I catch you on the end. Uh, yeah, 20 out of, uh, wait, two zero. Yes, 20 out of 50. Right. So, uh, wow. Look hard at success. You, Boone. Hard success. All right. Um, yeah, it's, okay. very, it's very meaningful to me that I, I, I not drink. Yeah, I, I think you pound the, not the glass, but the outside wood of the door. Uh, you, you have this kind of great moment of uh, temptation and you're, you're standing there fighting it. You're angry both at the alcohol, you're angry at yourself and you, you're, you're really, however, finding I'm, this is also, I'm also angry. And this popped into my head immediately after that episode yeah. is I'm angry that I offered to bring alcohol to my brother. Remember I told him that I would bring him something to drink. Mm-hmm. 
I wish I hadn't done that. Hmm. Yeah, but you're also trying to keep your word. So now you've you've kind of furthered that uh, uh, that that problematic instance, right? Of of how you pull through. Um, and but I, you get back into your car and uh, that you crank it again, and it it starts. And, and you think about uh, Duke and uh, all that he's done to kind of get you to this point. You're also kind of reminiscing about uh, Bellow's car and, and you're, you're torn, right? You're feeling this moment of like, hey, I'm helping these people and I'm doing this thing. But you're also thinking about those moments with Duke in the barn and what you promised him and that you don't want to deliver it. Um, and did you get back onto the road, right? Your, your headlights kind of those, I can only imagine how good those 1940s headlights were, right? But uh, dimly cutting through Especially the road. The, yeah. Oh, I never sent you guys the, I sent you the photo of the vehicle. You other guys haven't seen it. Hmm. You saw, it the, it. Red, I'll, you saw I'll, it the red one? No, it's not that one. Oh. Yeah, so it's got like, uh, uh, well, Duke would have fixed it, but uh, yeah, like one headlight's hanging down. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because he specifically asked for some of those parts when when he was fixing uh, it. So and it's it's you know. Uh, it's, I, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, but you're you're cutting through the roads at night and uh, really like kind of battling waves of emotion. Um, I, I don't know what Boone would do. Would he cry or? Um, but I, I think that's where we want to end is with kind of Boone carving through uh, he's, these uh, roads he's, late he's at night. torn between uh, wanting to go back and uh, get his brother, take the, you know, the doodle bug and just set off with his brother and, uh, you know, see where fate leads him. Uh, but I've made, like I said, I've made promises i feel like i need to provide an explanation at least for what happened to the, the chicken mobile otherwise i would be just some criminal who stole a car and destroyed it so yeah i'm torn okay all right uh do we need to roll on going back to get duke or are you do are you pretty confident in your character i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah to i'm gonna forward? role play that going forward okay well, all right and then my, i think my characters have it my characters have a habit of hopping in cars and just taking <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> i'm done time to go all right then i think on that, that note then we will close out for the evening all right so with that, we will wrap it up. Uh, I do want to uh, acknowledge and apologize for our internet connections. It seems that all of us are having some weirdness with our internet, at least those of us who are in the same city. Uh, mine's janky. Um, I know Wayne's is. Uh, and I know, really that, I know that Michael's is. Oh, and, and Scott's is as well. So there's got to be something going on in, in the in the area. Oh, I guess here. it's fine down in Canada. Right. And it and apparently it's fine in the, the D.C. metro area too. But um, <laughs> it is definitely not fine here. Uh, so thank you for putting up with that and thank you for joining us. Uh, please visit us online at underthelibrary.com and until next time for me, for Michael, for Emily, Scott, Wayne, Rick, and Chris, thanks very much for joining us. 
We'll see you next time. Wait, you don't want to point fingers? What what are you what are you inferring? He said he made a deal with a demon called Michael Zabub. That's a very bad omen.